0: Well, Andrew Luck is definitely coming back, so yeah. We'll see. <laughs> oh, Franken Luck with yeah, like some strange fun. arm grafted onto where his once was. So, hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, news and overreactions to all things NFL. This is our first one of the off-season, so there's a lot to talk about, a lot of trades, a lot of movements, and we're going to do our full free agency preview as well as a couple of questions from you, the listeners. So, hey, we got Connor here, we got Harry, hey, and we've got Ronan dialed in from Cork. Hello. So how are we getting on, lads? We all survived the terrible winter storms that ravaged our uh, beautiful, idyllic little island. Yeah, it's been it was a rough few days,
1: you know. We'll snowed in, couldn't move. Uh, streets were slippery, polar bears meandering around, tearing civilians limb from limb. Yeah. It was terrifying. Okay, uh, wild, I, wild JCBs going yeah, mad on the north side of <laughs> Dublin. Uh, west, in fairness, but...
2: Uh, I was sick for most of it, so I just stayed in bed regardless. So that was pretty convenient. I just about missed out on the work trip to London, which would have meant a, a one day trip turned into a five day
1: trip in London. But like the one, well, I don't want to say a positive, as well as I, I managed to go viral over the, uh, over the week tweeting about the Eighth Amendment and how to deal with uh, pro life ads. Um, generally, really positive reactions, so I'm glad people found that useful. Uh, some of the response from the pro lifers was quite funny, though. Apparently, I'm a fake account run by the government, and my name is Simon. So, I'm trying to work out if I'm Simon Harris or Simon Coveney, or possibly Simon the Hasmonean, because there's an awful lot of fucking anti Semites on the, uh, mm. the pro life side, as it turns out. So.
0: so, would you rather we use the term Simon to refer to you for the rest of this podcast? No, I, I wouldn't, because <laughs> lean in. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I, like, if you do that, then like my identity will come out, and Soros will pull my funding, and yeah. it's, it's just not oh, worth it. Like... Of shit.
2: So, yeah. you're going to take the D for. Uh reproductive rights now, is it?
1: Uh, yes next time I'm playing in the NFL I will indeed be taking in the in <laughs> reproductive rights
0: oh my I suppose lads we should probably knock in because there's a awful lot to get through uh, as you imagine once we hit the off season a lot of shit starts happening uh, we'll start with the big notable trades uh, one in particular springs to mind uh, to me close to my heart LA Rams have traded a 2018 14th rounder and a 2019 second rounder for Marcus Peters cornerback of the Kansas City Chiefs and a 2018 16th, or, sorry, 16th rounder that would be great <laughs> go 1950s, yeah, have we? <laughs> Sixth rounder from uh, from Kansas City. So Kansas City have cut ties with the two time all pro cornerback for very little compensation coming back the other direction. And everything is looking rosy. What do you think of these guys? Like obviously there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, but this must be this is a huge success trade wise for the Rams.
2: Yeah, like it comes after while well, was obviously a quite tumultuous season for Peters. Obviously, we think about that one-game suspension after he picked up a flag and threw it into the crowd. Very entertaining, but perhaps not behaviour becoming a franchise cornerstone, uh, some may argue. So I think there's obviously been a lot of friction between Peters and the staff this year over those kind of considerations. But despite that, when he came back from the suspension, he was still an all-pro player. And he's been really, really, really good. And in the NFL, most teams are willing to forgive a lot of stuff uh, Mm -hmm. if they're really, really, really good. But I think they're perhaps in the background. I suppose KC they moved on from Alex Smith in the off season. They're getting a rookie QB in there. Well, a basically rookie yeah. QB in there. Maybe they think they're in transition. They don't want to deal with this, and they think they need to keep some money for the people they're going to be drafting over the next few years. When when their quarterback comes to fruition, hopefully over the next couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, like it was there's obviously there's the, there's, there's the talk about the fact that. We had him on a very cheap deal. We could have exercised the fifth-year option, so we would have had him for two years, and I think the largest cap hit of that would be the fifth-year option, which would be about 10 or £11 million, which is very cheap for what you'd be getting out of him. Obviously, there's been talk for a number of years at this point about Peters wanting to uh, move back to the West Coast to play in uh, California and kind of be close to family and stuff which kind of played out a little bit what we saw in the media that the two teams in the running for him were uh, the Rams and the 49ers so it does seem that that probably played an element into it
2: Are you suggesting Kansas City isn't some kind of cultural nirvana uh, full of all but the most cultured of experiences?
0: Uh, I don't know I'd say, I'd say pretty much if you are a multi-millionaire superstar NFL player I'm pretty sure you can live like a baller in whatever city you are like the top of the league player for I think there's wider issues of why you want it to go and I do think it, it's something that we'll probably find out more once the league year starts but the fact that like so we've got two GMs out there who were involved in Marcus Peters acquisition and his time with the Chiefs which are the, uh, the Colts GM and the Browns GM, both of whom did not want to get involved in bidding what was a very low price for a very high quality of player. So I'd imagine that there probably is more that will come out post the March 14th deadline for these deals taking place and then we might understand a little bit more about it. I don't absolve the Chiefs of any sin in this. I think that they've actually done a pretty shitty job but I am going to give them at least enough time to actually give us a response to why this was the case which they can't do until after March 14th. But if we don't hear a response and we don't get a push from beat reporters to get the inside scoop on what actually caused this like, was it locker room friction? Was it personality clash? Was it that he wouldn't re-sign? They thought this was the best they could do? All these kind of things. I'll give him a chance to respond, but it better be a good fucking response is all I'm saying.
1: I think Connor's a bit angry, Harry. Yeah, well, I can understand that. I mean, like, your cornerbacks are, what, Fuller and Amerson now coming into the season? Yeah, I think so. Fuller, great.
0: Amerson. There's one or two other guys there, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's not looking great. It's, it's It's a weird one. Like you say, I think we'll find out exactly what the logic is, but right now... I agree completely that it, this looks like a coup for the Rams. Yeah. Uh, that level of talent. And for this low price, I think you always take a gamble that you can fix cultural issues. Yeah. If you believe in the culture of your organization, you think you can fix that. So absolutely makes sense. And even if it doesn't pan out, even if Peters turns out to be unrescuable for whatever reason, you've lost a fourth rounder.
0: Uh, and a second rounder. But that's why I like this is the thing like I don't I don't Still Matter. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's like it's not a, it's not a huge amount to give up for the potential upside that's sitting there, especially if it's something where he said he'd only sign a longer term deal with them if they were on the west coast or that kind of thing. Or like even like the Chiefs they've got a max maybe two years with him because he says he won't re sign there and he wants to go elsewhere and this trade maybe puts him it in a different division rather than sitting in the AFC West with ourselves uh, by going to the Oakland Raiders or whatever. But we'll see. Like I said, we'll wait till we hear the response of them. I'm not mad happy with it, but like I said, what I imply from this is there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than we're actually privy to. Uh, Miami have also made a trade. So it's a fourth and a sixth rounder for defensive end Robert Quinn and a sixth rounder for the Rams. So this is an interesting pickup. Quinn was actually apparently discussed in the early stages of the Peters trade as well. I think they were planning to move away from him if they could because of the cap it that he has and whether or not he actually fits with their kind of younger defense and with Wade Phillips' system that he's putting in. This is an interesting pickup, I think, because there's potential with Quinn, but it depends on whether he fits the scheme and... Realistically, also, and it's a wider question we'll get into when we talk about these franchises individually, what Miami are actually going to be doing on defense because they've got a lot of highly paid players and they got to, I think they're going into this new season 19 million over the cap after this move, so they're going to have to clear some space. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Uh, Connor, ever optimistic thinking Miami has a plan <laughs> and they making up as they go along? Who did they sign to be quarterback last year? Jake Cutler? Sounds mm. yeah. like a franchise with a plan. But yeah, like I think the big thing with Robert Quinn is that he's someone who's had a Pro Bowl career early on, had a few years there where he was basically far too injury prone, wasn't really getting any production. But last year he was healthy, but his production was only okay. I think eight and a half sacks for a defensive end, and when you have Aaron Donald there taking a lot of attention away, like it's fine, it's not like terrible. So I think Miami are obviously betting on the idea that this, the Robert Quinn that they're getting is the early career Robert Quinn, who was an absolute force, got like was getting over ten sacks a season. Whether that's what they'll actually get or not is an interesting question. And I think with the cap hit and in particular in relation to some other cap moves that they've made recently, we'll talk about it very soon. Miami right now just feels like a team that's making moves for the sake of it, and I'm not really sure what the plan is there long term, especially considering the whole situation even over the quarterback has been uncertain at this juncture.
1: Yeah. So Miami making moves for its own sake on the D-line. Uh, seems fitting in a pattern yeah. we've seen recently. <laughs> I mean, on paper, that's a, that pass rush
0: is now terrifying, but yeah. on paper... Like, This is... Haven't seen it translate, really. So, yeah, like, we'll see, again, what happens, because I think this might be a precursor to moves that are made once the new league starts for that team. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, On to franchise tags. So Miami tagged Jarvis Landry, uh, who is apparently actively seeking a trade partner, as are the Dolphins for him, again, in a sort of, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, They've decided to pay a huge amount of money to what is a good receiver, but I don't think a, like, I think it's 16000000 million they'd be due to pay him. Receiver... And bizarrely, this also then has the impact of this is going to anchor that kind of value in his head and other teams who are prospective trade partners' his head as being this is the level he'll be looking at. I think Jarvis Landry is very good. I don't think he's worth that much money. And I don't understand this strategically from Miami's point of view.
1: No, uh, the, the, the whole tagging thing is, is, is really weird. He doesn't want to be in Miami mm-hmm. anymore. And I don't blame him, to be honest, with the situation that offense in with the situation at quarterback where obviously it was a shit show last year and Tannehill coming back now off an ACL tear and let's face it he was only like decent in the first yeah. place I don't know what, what Miami are trying to do here and what they're trying to achieve whether they're trying to hedge their bets on whether or not they can keep him it, it just seems bizarre if a player clearly wants out the franchise seems to sort of want him out but not really sure like you need to find trade partners you need to find the value if you start slapping tags on people it's going to make that process so much harder and at the end of it then you, you all you'll end up with if you can't find a trade partner is a player who doesn't want to be there who is frustrated who knows that you tried to trade him but also got in the way of that so strategically this does seem it goes back to what Ronan was saying about miami not really having a plan does seem a bit like a sort of a flailing around situation because they don't really know what they want to do
0: well, I think I think this is, this is what I was saying. I think they end up somewhere in the region of 19 million over the cap if this is signed, and they have the uh, they have the, the the Robert Quinn contract coming onto them as well. So this is uh, this is where they sit in a very rough spot. So we'll see. It just doesn't make sense to me. Pittsburgh have tagged Le'Veon Bell. We kind of expected this to come. Le'Veon Bell said he's not very happy with being tagged. Uh, there's talk of a holdout coming back from sources close to him have come out and said they don't expect him to retire, They but they would not be surprised to see him hold out for a couple of games. Some talk has been up to half the season. I don't imagine you'd get half a season of him holding out because like, even though he deserves a longer-term deal... like. Fourteen and a half million isn't a terrible amount of money to be earning in the first place.
2: And I'd imagine for running back, definitely not. Yeah,
0: like that, that that's the thing, like it's a huge amount for them to be getting. I can see his argument for it. I can see that this is probably going to be one where they will argue it out and try and hash out a long term deal over the next couple of well, probably two months or so, is it for the for the deadline? Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think Antonio Brown recently signed a uh,
0: money to bonus signing structure. To yeah. more cap room. So, I, I,
2: like, like there was a lot of good noises coming out when the season ended that they were closer than they were last off season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this they have to make a decision this week. Bell obviously isn't very happy about it, but I think I'm much more confident this off season that they'll get something done with him sooner rather than later. I don't think there's another situation where we'll go on, but I think Bell is just you know a bit tempestuous maybe at, at times and uh, has decided to lash out at what he thinks. It's a consideration that he might end up having to play in the tag game, which obviously he didn't like last
1: season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he just wants more time to make rap videos. I don't know, but... uh, (laughs) I I really do understand Bell's respect on this on the flip side. Well, I get that the money being offered under the tag is huge, particularly in today's running back market. It's pretty clear what Pittsburgh are doing is they don't want to... They want, you know, you run this guy into the ground, you don't, and he's injury as is, they don't want to tie any money up on this uh, more than they have to for a longer Mm. period of time, they have to, and they're willing to take a short term hit for something in the long term. And obviously, Bell's interest is he believes he can make more money over the long term and get more security with a long-term deal, particularly with his injury history, particularly with the way he's being utilised in that offence. And I, I can sympathise with that, to be honest with you. I think that you have to, as an individual, your career is short, particularly in that position. You have to maximise your value. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, fuck the Steelers. And it'll be hilarious if he holds out. Oh, yeah. The one thing is, is though, and this, this does sound like a, a minor concern, but it, it is one. It's like Pittsburgh, with um, James Connor have somebody who obviously has looked nowhere near Bell, but the fan base loves him because of the story, because of where he's from. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy who will get a fair bit of rope if Bell does hold out. And then if he starts clicking, that's a problem for Bell, because then you've got a really popular <laughs> low boy who has overcome a huge amount of adversity. Yeah. And then you could just be completely left out in the cold, and Pittsburgh could decide, well, look, you're not. Right, you're not worth this anyway.
0: Like, Lev Bell is clearly making a tactical decision on the holdout stuff of, like, I can imagine what he might do is hold out four or five games so that he's not ending up getting 400 carries put on him this year. That he's back down to a normal amount of, kind of like, 250, 300. And then he doesn't have as much tread gone whenever he comes to the next year and actually gets free to, to, to do it. I see what you mean, that there's a risk there. But the one thing I will say... On the other side of this, and also look 100% fuck the Steelers, not a fan of them. We've been through this beforehand, <laughs> but I can see from their perspective as well when you're looking at a player like this who has had as many carries as they've given him. Like, do you want to be giving a four year, like, very large money deal to this player? He is an excellent player, but is the drop off between him and another good running back prospect actually worth $8 million of a difference? Yeah, well, that's well the I he,
2: he would argue There's that the difference is that. You would have to replace it not just with a running back, but also like a slot receiver, probably someone who could operate in as your kind of possession type receiver. Mm. So they would need both those pieces probably to fully replace a player like Lev Bell.
0: We'll we'll do that. We'll just resign Nile Davis and trade him Joe. <laughs> Solid bet. Like,
1: <laughs> do you know? The, you know? Do you know? I once had a Madden franchise where uh, Nile Davis was my superstar running back, and mm. um, Madden's weird. It is, it is.
0: Uh, and clearly he has not updated in a few years. <laughs> well, that's the thing about franchise yeah.
1: mode. If you put the time in, you can make anybody great. That's true. Pick Maldives.
0: We'll, we'll fly through a few more of these. So Dallas have tied to Marcus Lawrence. He's not going anywhere. I think that was quite expected. Uh, Detroit have tagged Ziggy Ansah. again, this kind of defensive end. Why let them go? Tag them and try and sort something out. LA Rams have tagged Lamarcus Joyner, uh, the safety, uh, which is interesting. The only thing really about that that's surprising is that they can only. Ha- Tag one and they decided to do that instead of Sammy Watkins, which is kind of, it's interesting, but we'll see what comes of that. I'm not sure if they're done with him or whether they think they can get a deal done with him. So we'll see. The other big one, just because it's, it's hilarious and I'm a little bit interested in personally as well as Chicago, have uh, transition tagged Kyle Fuller. So they didn't engage his fifth-year option, so they decided to not take the fifth-year option instead, tag him, which means that he costs more money to them, <laughs> regardless, and will also allow him to like leave in free agency if someone gives him a better deal than they're willing to offer him and get nothing in return for it. This is yeah. fucking stupid.
2: <laughs> like, to, to be fair, Kyle Fuller was coming off an injury, right? And his 2017 production was... Okay, he looked like he might have lost the set, but he was still a fairly productive cornerback. But they basically, the transition tag is so emblematic of a team that's like, if if you thought he had the talent, if you think he's this talented, you should keep the fifth-year option because it's really a no-risk play relative to the market for cornerbacks. Instead, and if he played really well, obviously you get a franchise tag and be fine. And everyone's it's like, oh, he's a Pro Bowl player. This kind of weird, mediocrity type of situation where they end up paying more for
0: uncertain production it's just such a Bears move right it's oh like, yeah the Bears are like the most
2: mediocre franchise over the last five years and this is just such indicative of that
0: I think and mediocre is strong I think they've been quite poor to be honest <laughs> yeah in a kind of boring way they have yeah really yeah um, I think it's going to be like, Kyle Fuller is one that I thought from the get go we were going to be targeting this off season so I'd imagine the Chiefs are going to put in an yeah. offer sheet to him and I think there's three or four other teams that I can think of that would be putting in offers so I'd imagine there's going to be an interested market in him and the Bears are essentially just going to be stuck in a really weird spot where they don't want to pay him but other people will and like they're going to get fuck all in return for this yeah this Bears front office is and continues to be a shit show yep Class it. stuff. Also, it'd be kind of fun to have the two brothers playing quarterback on the same team, at the same time. Did get Will Fuller as well? I think he's their cousin. Oh wow, wow, uh, interesting. A couple of extensions that came in. San Francisco, as to be expected, uh, signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a five-year, one hundred and thirty-seven and a half million dollar extension. I think the the extension was expected. Maybe not scale of it makes him the highest-paid quarterback per year of a deal at the moment in the league. I believe uh, they've or also now. yeah. They've also extended uh, Daniel Kilgore by three years, which is a terrible idea because from what I gather, he died at the end of Black Panther. Spoilers. Cassius Marsh got extended by two years and Gary Gillum got extended by two years. So we can see them kind of shoring up the offensive line to protect their new toy. Uh, They've got the defensive end in place to try and ensure they've got some pieces to build on that defense. Like, I think we all agree San Francisco, big arrow up going into next season. But, like, are they just spending shitloads of money because... They don't know what to do with it? Well, maybe. I mean, look, Garoppolo, I think, we knew it was going to
1: be a huge deal because it's it had to be. Yeah. Um, because what he could make going into a quarterback market that has a lot of uh, people on it, but perhaps not a huge amount of what might be considered top-tier talent, a guy who has the potential to be a top-tier quarterback and has shown so much so early in his career, you have to pay that money. That's, that's emblematic of just where the market is going. It's exactly what Ronan foreshadows when mm-hmm. he says, for now, which we'll come to later, I don't think signing Cassius Marsh is ever shoring up your defense. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. He's not very good. Um, Yeah. Like the other signings are just, but they're they're bit parts. They're just their depth. They're making sure that they have cover and so on. It really is going to be all about Garoppolo. This is going to be Jimmy G's team. Yeah. We've seen what he could do with a not amazing supporting cast last season. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what the Niners do in free agency in the draft, Mm -hmm. particularly on the offensive side of the ball because this is an all-in move on Garoppolo, and I think it's what they had to do. It's the right thing to do if you take Garoppolo on. For that last year, you have to make this move. Um, So I agree, trending up, and it's going to be very exciting times in the Bay Area. And
0: they've got a shit ton of cap space, and we'll probably mention them in a little bit. I reckon that they're going to be in the running for one or two of the free agents that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Jacksonville signed Blake Bortles to an extension, three years, 52 million. I believe this has got some kill spots in the uh, contract as well, so they can get out of it fairly early on. Blake Bortles came out with a very interesting statement about how he wasn't about signing a big massive deal. Uh well done on knowing your own limitations, Blake. <laughs> um but it, he was more about wanting to be able to spend time with the team, which it's good for the next year, but it doesn't mean they can get out of it whenever they want. It's a very much a holding pattern. I would have liked to have seen them go after someone, I think. Because I like while I think Blake Bortles has trended upwards and looked good, I'm not sure. We'll discuss him a little bit later on, but like I'm not sure if he's enough. He was close, but I don't think I think that was more not I wouldn't even say in spite of him. I'd say just like regardless of him, rather than anything to do with his play. Like I, I think I can see the logic
1: of how much Jacksonville did, and I think it's kind of an into a corner thing. Like this team was not realistically going to go and get Kirk Cousins, and then they probably looked at what was on the rest of the market and said, "There's people here who might be a slight upgrade, but they will be a slight upgrade." Mm-hmm. And the difference we would have to pay on the free agency market. Versus Bortles, who was willing to take a lower amount of money. Now, I mean, he was obviously going to go out and say that. Because what else is he going to go out and say after yeah. signing a contract? Being like, well, it wouldn't give me any more money, so I guess <laughs> I decided to deal with it. Otherwise, I'd go be ripping cigs and laying bricks or whatever the fuck yeah. he said in that interview. Bortles is... I still don't think Bortles is good. I think people overreacted to his growth last year. I still think he is a mediocre at-best quarterback who makes dumb errors and has games where he completely goes to shit. He can do good things sometimes. But... Jacksonville still got a championship game with that if you have any hope that he'll progress if you as a team believe in your coaching believe in Bortles even to a small extent and you think you can go back to the championship game you can go a step further for the price differential versus going into an unknown who is potentially a little bit better but will cost you a lot more might mean you have to let other pieces go or can't keep other pieces you want it makes sense this is one of those deals that's reasonable it makes sense to the player it makes sense to the team there's a lot of outs if things go wrong so, yeah, like, I think, like, we're good, good management in Jacksonville, yeah. I
0: don't know. And I was like, like, there's not a huge amount of money tied up in this deal in any given year, so it frees them up a bit of money to play around if they want to look at developmental prospects or they want to look at drafting someone and developing them underneath, it's a nice spot for that as well.
2: The pre-draft analysis, when we'll talk about the quarterback situation in Jacksonville again, again but Blake Bortles, he showed some progress last year, no harm in having him on a cheap contract
0: yep that's it Other well, main one out of these would probably be Anna the kicker has been extended for one year three and a half million two million guaranteed he outside of injury is going to become the highest scoring player of all time in the NFL he's 57 points away from it I think he scored 120 something points this year so barring injury we've got to imagine or like barring either a catastrophically bad Colts team or in. an incredibly good one that just like never kicks a field goal and only scores 52 touchdowns like maybe <laughs> <laughs> two point conversion every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like other ones were uh, Pittsburgh signed Roosevelt Knicks, uh Atlanta their kicker Bryant actually a couple of kickers Bryant Suckup and Gino have all been extended five year extension for Ryan Suckup. Jesus Christ! Uh, I think I
2: only I only included these
1: primarily because Seattle needs a new kicker. So <laughs> They're <laughs> <picks> gone. <laughs> well, we, we look at to a
0: player wall Blair Walsh
1: again. We, we know that Graham Godot was only re-signed because he won the uh, kick-tack-toe at the Pro Bowl, right? It's true, it's
0: true. Like we said, hashtag Pro Bowl hype. Undrafted free agent signing Vontae Davis has signed with Buffalo on a one-year 5 million contract with 3.5 million guaranteed. They've also signed running back Chris Ivory to a two-year 5.5 million with 3.25 million guaranteed. I like the Vontae Davis move, I think that's an interesting one because there's potentially something left in the tank injury stopped him last year see where it sits there I really don't like the Chris Ivory move giving Chris Ivory
1: guaranteed money at this stage in his career is fucking crazy bad business like Like, Ivory I I love the way he played but he's worn out and that's what happens when you play the way he does we saw him in Jacksonville look really poor in relief this season I get that they kind of want him in there to replace probably the Mike Talbert thing that didn't really work because obviously it's Mike Talbert like he's Good at what he does, but you can't use him as a like relief back. That's that's not who he is. That's not what he does. He's a spot back. But paying five and a half million with three and a quarter guaranteed to Chris Ivory to do that role is mental. Just draft somebody big. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and Day Davis is coming off an injury. Like EJ Gaines, who they traded for last off season, looks like it's going to hit free agency. It's kind of like you know, kind of like Miami, kind of like all the AFC scenes except for Patriots. It just seems a bit confused and a bit weird and after the luck of getting into the playoffs and having a bit of momentum these signings don't give me a lot of hope that this team is necessarily removed all of the terrible ideas and plans that come with being a a Uh, perpetual failure for franchise.
0: No of course. Uh, KC signed quarterback David Aberson uh, one year 2.25 million with 800,000 guaranteed after he was cut by Oakland. Bad year last year had a couple of good years beforehand don't think we're gonna get much outside of just relief work and a bit of rotation out of him, but we'll see this constant dance of, of cornerbacks moving around, AFC West teams continues. <laughs> New Orleans also side safety Kurt Coleman three year, eighteen million after he was cut by Carolina. So that's a much heftier contract. That New Orleans secondary is looking even tastier. Mm it's going to be fun although they
2: are losing one piece as we'll talk about the free agents. yeah
0: as we will Um, notable cuts will fly through these Robert Wilkinson defensive tackle for the Jets has been cut that's a big one KC have cut uh, Derek Johnson uh, with a contract void that was coming in anyway and uh, Darrell Rivas was not being kept as we knew from the way that his contract was drawn up we wanted to pay him 100,000 and no more (laughs) barring winning a Super Bowl I think if we won a Super Bowl he got 3 million dollars off. (laughs) us those are probably the two main ones Uh, the Derek Johnson one was kind of to be expected he was old kind of getting towards the tail end I would have liked to have seen keeping him on a team friendly contract briefly but like I just don't think it was going to happen anyway so uh, he's gone off he's in search we'll discuss him in the free agency but I think there's already lined up for him to return to the Chiefs if he doesn't get uh, the deal and maybe sign on as being a linebackers coach just to fly through a few of the other ones Carolina cut Jonathan Stewart and Charles Johnson Houston cut ties with Brian Cushing the PED 80s bully who'll get the swirlies now yeah, I don't know. Uh, I actually I rewatched that video where he was calling it. Was it Alfred Blue? Uh, and then Alfred Blue just creams him. It was brilliant. Chicago have lost Josh Sitton, Darrell Freeman, Pernell McPhee, Quentin Demps. So all they're good players. Yep. Uh, Tampa Bay have cut ties with Doug Martin, who is like possibly the most perplexing player in the world. He either has less than four hundred or more than fourteen hundred yards <laughs> in any given season. That is the only two options for him. The Atlanta have cut their tight end Toy Lolo, who always I always think of like troll la la every time I see his name, uh, and Derek Shelby, the defensive end, and Oakland have finally cut ties with Seabass. So Seabass, interestingly enough, Seabass when he's being cut, he was one of the last drafts that Al Davis made when their when Gruden was the coach and apparently he fought massively with Gruden over signing him so it was him and there was one other player that he signed I think it was was it their Shane Leckler, yeah Shane Leckler. the other so both of them lasted pretty much all of the way apart from when Gruden was coming back in he was like no not this reminder of times gone past and turfed him out the door is there any of those guys that jump out to you No,
2: it's like, I think the only thing I would mention is that uh, running backs are getting cut a lot, especially ones who got paid in any way. So Buffalo, maybe... You don't need to pay running backs guaranteed money.
0: Yeah. Just no. <laughs> just, just, just an idea. Uh, some coaching and free front office changes. Uh, so we previously talked about Josh McDaniels fucking over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they've got their replacement. Frank Reich, the former Philadelphia offensive coordinator, has been hired as a head coach. Obviously, Daniels decided that he was going to stay in New England. We're still not much clearer on what happened there outside if they said that they haven't promised him anything. Uh, I don't know about that. He brings in Nick Satrini, the uh, LA Chargers' wide receiver. Receiver coach as offensive coordinator. Like, it's a solid enough move, I suppose. Nothing inspiring, but I think whenever you have to scramble it. The only thing that I did think was very good was I think that the Indianapolis front office actually dealt with this extremely well. They didn't get pissy. They said, look, these things happen, we'll move on, we're not bothering with that. Like, someone who doesn't want to be here isn't someone we want in the building to start with.
2: Yeah, like Frank Reich's career, I believe, like he started at Indianapolis as a WRF coach, I should say, to start with, but. His career up till his time in Philadelphia, when obviously he won a Super Bowl with the on that offense, was pretty uninspiring. He got fired from his last three jobs, I believe. But, you know, you win the Super Bowl, a team is desperate, they're like, Okay, that guy's with a Super Bowl winning team, we'll take him. Kind of makes sense. He's generally well considered within the league, but of course, you know, the big question for anyone who comes into Indianapolis is what are they gonna be at like at quarterback this year? And hmm. that could have an effect on free agency, it could have an effect on the draft, it could have an effect on just the quarterbacks they already have in the room Frank Reich thinking the right noise that it's not just about the quarterback but I think we look forward to a lot of Frank Reich what does he think about Andrew Luck like Conversations over the next six
0: months or so. The, the thing that I find particularly odd, kind of like almost holding pattern about this is like he came in as Philly's offensive coordinator, but that's an offensive minded head coach who was doing the play calling, and now he's brought in as a head coach here and he's brought an OC with him. So I'm wondering if they kind of know that there's limitations in that regard of like game time decision making and calling, and that's what they're trying to counteract with uh, Nick Satriani. But uh, we'll see. Uh, also, Detroit, the other end of the New England spectrum, uh, Patricia confirmed that he was going to go there, has now gone there, shaved. Off a lot of his beard, doesn't look quite like a Viking so much anymore. He smiles a lot more. He does. He looks happy now. <laughs> well, I mean, he's free, finally free. Uh, a golden Tate letting, golden probably from this point, flame, he can't like, touch the beard. Toy yeah Oh God. Yeah, I heard that there's, there's some fun stuff If you want to hear Bill Belichick Chatting about him And him building Them rocket things <laughs> Coordinator moves uh, John Filippo, Former Philadelphia QB coach Has been brought in As offensive coordinator For Minnesota uh, Jets promote their QB coach uh, Jeremy Bates Because he was doing A great job Oh yeah well, To be fair They got a lot of Production out of What's his name uh, Yeah Oma McCown. It's and Philly promote uh, Mike Grock To OC From their WR coach So not a huge amount Really happening there Carolina have decided that Marty Harney is going to be their GM. They've closed the investigation on him. But again, this is a spot where they're changing ownership very soon. So we don't know how long he'll actually be enrolled for anyway. Uh, do we have any takes on this? Yeah,
2: Bye. I think it's like you kind of have to have a GM during the draft.
0: Yeah, uh, technically. <laughs>
2: unless, you're like the, unless you're like the Bazingers or something like that. But uh <laughs> If you're a, a somewhat credible franchise, you would have a GM. and a, Mar- Mar- Marty Herney, he's in the building. He's familiar with the team. He wasn't necessarily very good at his job when he was last in charge, but I think it's just a safe option. But he's, he's a very strong candidate to be got
0: rid of what any ownership I think especially if you're looking in that spot for someone who will take the job without necessarily being that worried about being there in 3 years time I don't think he is that worried about being there in 3 years time anyway I don't think he's much long for that role anyway Injuries Ryan Shazier said he won't be playing in 2018 he's going to continue to rehab but like there's obviously questions about that given that he's only starting to learn to walk again we'll see what develops out of that it's nice to see him kind of on the mend but I don't know how any Pittsburgh Stan was like oh yeah yeah he'll be back for Preseason, like just shh,
2: yeah, I think it's mostly coming from Shazir himself. That he's like, I will come back, I'm hmm. super motivated, yeah. I will do whatever it takes.
0: I will grow try. eyebrows,
2: medicine is a thing, so we'll see.
0: And Indianapolis uh, quarterback Henry Locke has decided he's not going to take any more surgeries, uh, he's, he's afraid of the previous stitches not being closed over yet or something. I don't know. Uh, he'll probably play in 2018. Like, we haven't got any confirmation said. He's not throwing footballs, but he's throwing things that are heavier than footballs. <laughs> You've got a question, like, how far is he throwing them? How accurately is he throwing them? Dude, is, it, is it just like Rage throwing chairs against a wall because his arms don't work? Andrew Luck was going out to his backyard and, like, lashing bricks against the wall. Like. that's it. Like, just whipping pennies at passing trains. How, um, heavy, how heavy do you think a penny is, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a fair point, a fair point. <laughs> moving on crime and punishment linebacker Alan Smith has been arrested for a domestic violence incident he's been cut by Oakland he went into a rehab centre and has surrendered himself to the police obviously he's cut from Oakland not expected to be kind of in around the league anytime soon there's a wider story that we'll get to about this later on about how uh, he's been very critical of the fact that when he was suspended he wasn't able to engage with the team to get any of the help he needed not able to get any support to get into rehab programmes and stuff so that's a much wider question but as we, like basically just means Alden Smith. Don't expect to see him in the next year outside of news stories criticizing the way that the NFL actually treats its players. And like I said, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more whenever we don't have you know about four hours of news crammed one hour. <laughs> Ruben Foster's been arrested on gun charges and domestic violence. Uh, comes only a month after his last possession charge. Maybe don't expect to see him coming in in the new season, depending on how these go. Uh, Rob Gonkowski got burgled on Super Bowl night. <laughs> <laughs> It was, Fiori, so the Pats could say they were robbed. And, it was probably uh, like just 50 slabs of beer. Yeah. Important. <laughs> uh, and Jonathan Martin's been taken into psychiatric care after he posted on social media calling out bullies or suicide and calling out his old school uh, with pictures of some kind of assault rifle. It was a shotgun. Oh, it was a shotgun, yeah. fair enough. Um, so he's in getting help to see what's going on. Not well, that makes much of a difference now, I think. About in that was in this
2: country, we can't tell guns apart because we don't have
0: guns everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although actually you will find if you go online people who seem to think they know an awful lot about them. Well, there's a lot of the the cosplay time. soldiers online these days in Ireland, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, it's a lot weird. of them. Uh, there's also like a surprising amount of people who like like airsoft guns and think that means that they know everything about real guns. It's very confusing. Some bits of news AJ McCarron Has won his dispute With Cincinnati And will become A free agent So this is due to The fact that he was A non-football injury For part of one of the seasons And he was claiming That he would be able to play So whether or not He played out his rookie contract So he's won that He's now going to be a free agent We'll discuss him In the free agency stuff uh, But hey Looks like maybe Sashi Brown Might have been right To absolutely Definitely on purpose Not trade a second or <laughs> third round pick for. I am, I am enjoying like, The
2: redemption arc Of Sashi Brown Where now he's considered A clair- clairvoyant genius Uh, Maybe in time he will be seen as the, you know, not the... Not the GM that
1: Cleveland deserved, but the GM that Cleveland needed. Yeah, See, this, I, I, I I disagree. Like I think this reminds me, as an Arsenal fan, this speaks to me. Because every time we bench a player, he's amazing and we should have played him. <laughs> and then when we play him, he's shit. And why would we play him? It's like it was Sachi Brown. He was shit. And now he's not there. Everyone's like, oh, Sachi Brown was here, you know? Yeah, uh,
0: that's it. Uh, just
1: desperation is what it is.
0: And uh, the catch rule, as we mentioned before, and it's going to be changed, they reckon, at the March Owners' Meeting. We'll bring you more information on that when it comes out. A couple of retirements and other bits of news. Matt Forte is retired, probably again one of these hall of quite good not a hall of fame most stories coming out just really saying stories about him being nice uh, as you said kind of company man didn't try to screw people over for money some would say it's stupid some would say it's honourable it depends on what your approach is but overall I remember watching him being very enjoyable to watch and then I remember watching him and him not being quite so enjoyable to watch your Jets period was sad yeah it was Jets where careers are born and die uh, very quickly speaking of yeah uh, David Harris is retired linebacker like are we surprised by this? He played, like, three snaps last year. Yeah. yeah.
2: But he, he did miss out on the New England Super Bowl sweepstakes. He joined New England, he crossed the picket, looking for the Super Bowl, and then gets screwed over by losing the Super Bowl. So, mm. shame for David Harris, another good company man, yeah. yeah for definitely the wrong
1: company. Like, I mean, he couldn't beat out a box safety for middle linebacker, like, he was... It's mostly his own fault.
0: Yeah. Uh, Quarterback Antonio Cromartie has retired. Uh, (laughs) Spent time with his many, many, many many, children. Many, children. He said just he couldn't keep up with the modern game. He just couldn't understand protection. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Like, I just... like, I know that he was an excellent player for, for for periods of his career and stuff. And, like, there are some brilliant highlight games of his. Like, I'm never getting over that scene in Hard Knocks where the guy just asked him, like, can you name your 11... I think it was 11 at the time, children, and he couldn't. And then, like, just the news stories coming out of, like... He- he was having his fourth child post vasectomy, <laughs> like, like name and shame, bro. Name and shame. That man's sperm should be in the Olympics by oh, itself. Yeah. Like four kids after vasectomy. That's it. Uh, Gino Smith, in his redemption arc, has decided the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, most,
2: I think mostly this just ties in with all those jets or former jets retirements, all that failure, and now Gino Smith, another former jet is now a flat earth or it's just a lot of lot of jet fail right oh,
1: I, I kind of like it so. though it's like maybe that explains why Geno Smith was so bad as a quarterback like he was calculating the trajectory of his balls based on the gravitational field of a flat earth
0: yeah he's just like it's not his fault yeah he was just ahead of the game man ahead of the curve if you yeah, will yeah he was and uh, ahead of the curve and behind his receivers <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ed Hockley the sexy beast that he is has retired as a referee and Jeff Triplett has retired too I always enjoyed it actually I thought he's overall quite a good ref as well uh, so he's a bit of a loss in the game especially given the quality of some of the other refs that we see just just great Like, because I presume he's going off to like, focus on his legal practice like, it's you know, I just think I like spend more time in the gym yeah just more time pumping no, iron got to just retire Yeah, uh, he's just going like, to just go join the Lions as their strength and conditioning coach under <laughs> Matt Patricia like Washington safety, Sue Craven, has been reinstated Comes a year after recovering from post-concussion syndrome. This is the guy who, if you remember from last year, Washington screwed over a bit, uh, if we remember correctly. Uh, Washington are just open to trading him at the moment. He was very unsure about whether he wanted to play or not play, and he's apparently kind of a bit of a pain in the arse dealing with him previously about a few bits of like where he was playing, how he wanted to play in the scheme. But he seems to want to come back and play. Like, is this much? Do we reckon he's going to stay with them, or...?
1: I'd, I'd be surprised after the way they seem to react to each other last year if there'd be any anything uh, to salvage there. I imagine they'll look to move them on, and try and extract any any value they can. Although oh, talking about sorry, very very side note: talking about people playing in schemes, right? You saw the thing with um, Peppers and uh, Greg Williams in uh, Cleveland. No, so obviously uh, Peppers had been playing like in the angel role. So he was like way, way, way down the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody asked Greg Williams about this, and Greg Williams is basically like, "He'll play where I fucking tell him to play. <laughs> if he, he's only there because I tell him to be. If he, I didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there." And it's like, "Why are you such an asshole, Greg?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my. Yeah, we've got... uh, Oh, yes, of course, big news. Uh, The coin flip between San Francisco and Oakland took place, and San Francisco won, so they get the ninth pick overall, and Oakland get the tenth pick. Like big news this now I, I, I don't know how you could have called it it was, uh, it was tough all the, all, all the practice that we heard that uh, that they were putting in in Oakland just didn't pay out and the compensation picks went out lots of people got them Cincinnati, Dallas, Green Bay and Oakland get four each Arizona got the highest one for Carson Or sorry for Calais Campbell yeah like we'll, we'll come to this mostly when we get to the draft one but uh nice lump of those going around and uh, a few of the conditional trade picks have come in as well at this point so I think the Chiefs have picked up two seventh rounders on conditional trades and stuff like that That So uh, we'll deal with all that when we get actually down to the nitty gritty of the draft preview pod, which will be uh, upcoming in a bit. So I suppose we'll fly on and we'll take a couple of questions from you guys before we look at the free agency. Uh, Okay, so we're going to do a quick fly through some of these questions. Uh, So question one, uh, what would you do if you got the money Kirk Cousins is going to get? Well, currently they have odds of Kirk Cousins going to Arizona at uh, 15 to 1 and they reckon that he's definitely going to Minnesota so what I do is I take all the money that he has already like sell futures in what your what your agreement with Arizona is going to be and just put it all on you going to Arizona at 15 to 1 and then just have shit loads more money from that I, I think it's a solid plan i just buy Kirk
1: Cousins oh, i just buy Kurt Cousins fair enough not for my team just in general he'd use some man in the house I'd say mm-hmm. big and strong do some work cleaning, cooking
2: I would make some very generous donations to some Native American charities, Um, (laughs) and no way to piss off uh, my previous team.
0: Hmm. How badly will the Browns botch the draft? Well, we'll go into this in a bit more detail in the next podcast, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it'll be hard for them to completely make a hames of it. The problem is that they've now, it's now opened up so they're actually being a question at the number one pick. So like, it's whenever they have options that problems yeah. start to happen. So we'll see. Like, just go for the running back and take whatever quarterback is left. They'll hedge their bets, probably. They'll draft two quarterbacks and they'll
1: both bust or something stupid. Yeah.
0: What are you, any thoughts, fits?: it's the Browns
2: so,
0: yes yeah fair enough
2: you know remind me in a year to to, to confirm that my answer was correct
0: but uh, yes. Bortles is he enough for Jacksonville to get to the next level with the rest of what they have I think we kind of dealt with this earlier uh, I think it's a fine signing I think it's a holding pattern signing the question is kind of I suppose can they get the rest of the team developed up a little bit more as well because they've got a good team surrounding him and he did develop this year we'll see uh, but I wouldn't be sure with the state the AFC is in, it's definitely, certainly plausible that they go yes. as far as they didn't possibly further. Definitely could do. Will the full situation be an issue for the Eagles if Wentz isn't fully recovered by training camp? Well, not at the moment because they haven't traded him. Uh, well, it would actually be <laughs> quite handy to have him on the roster in that spot. Fits.
2: Like, to be honest, even if they do trade him, there's enough, like decent backups in the market right now I don't think it'd be a major issue to
0: be honest yeah like cause I don't think it doesn't sound like it's going to be an injury that's going to like even if it's not there at training camp like it doesn't sound like it's something that should extend into the actual season very much if at all so I don't imagine it being yeah. I
1: agree.
2: I, I believe they are currently looking for like a first and a four, or basically more than they got for Sam Bradford. Yeah, it was a first and a four, four, which is
0: just stupid. Like no one should be giving that up. Yeah. Like I thought Foles played well, but no one should be giving up that much Maybe for Nobody it. will. Yeah. like well, we'll see. There's a lot of stupid. Things. Like the Browns have, <laughs> the Browns have a lot of picks. Like, I have yeah, they have a lot of have two bits. quarterbacks and
1: side falls. Yeah, See what happens, Yeah, yeah.
0: Papa John's and Peyton Manning. Is this insider trading? So, if you haven't heard, uh, Papa John's has been removed as the main pizza sponsor of the NFL and it is now going what to... Up, what a country. <laughs> the main pizza sponsor. Yes. Like,
1: decontextualize that sentence. I know, that's I know, wonderful. I know. As the main, the main <laughs> pizza sponsor.
0: Uh, and it has moved. So... Uh, now, Joe Flacco is the king. But uh, <laughs> but actually, uh, so what also happened was two days ago, Peyton Manning sold all, I think, 24 of his pizza franchises, 31. 31 of his Papa John's pizza franchises in Denver. Uh, so the question is, obviously, did he have a line from the inside in the NFL that this was coming down and that uh, he was going to be able to like make a tidy profit rather than lose a shit ton of money? Could be, but I don't think so. Like I think he did. I'd be I mean, very hashtag surprised lo- if he didn't. Oh, sorry.
2: Hashtag lock up, Hashtag pizzagate.
0: Uh, <laughs> Like I think, but, uh, I think where they end up ho- when you end up holding like all the money from selling it or holding like thirty-one pizza franchises, you're still going to have a lot of doubt.
2: <laughs> if he had bought like uh, like um, the new pizza company, yeah, like Domino's, uh, pizza I think, Hut. or
0: Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut.
2: Yeah, like if he bought like a load of Pizza Hut franchises or converted them into Pizza Fronthand, franchises, maybe the insider trading. But I think this is probably just something that his manager did for him because Papa John's looked like dicks and looked like they were going to lose it. I think people were expecting it to happen before it happened. It's
0: just Yeah, Papa, Papa John's it. took a couple of very strong, controversial stances for a pizza company I last mean, year. Papa John's, the official the official pizza of white nationalists was not a good look. No, it wasn't at all. Especially when they started giving out like, free tiki classes with uh, their <laughs> pizza. Like, <it> was just <laughs> and finally, because uh, we're in a bit of a rush, is like, uh, could we beat Goodell's 40-yard dash? I think I could just about I like, I, well the thing is I, I clocked in quicker than his 40 yard dash when we timed it for when I was playing but that was like 3-4 years ago so I don't know, but I still reckon I could yeah. get, beat him on a 40-yarder.
1: I have very little concept of how fast I am or how fast Roger Goodell is, but I can tell you, I could beat Orlando Brown.
0: Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Orlando Brown. We'll be talking about him next week, but uh, if, you ever, if you want a bit of crack in your kinda enjoyment pre-draft special, uh, go look up Orlando Brown and all the fun things that are happening to him since he started his, uh, his combine excitement. Yeah, so we've got a few more questions, but we'll move on to the, the free agency preview because we're already going to be running a little bit late on this one and we'll pick up the rest of them on our draft preview pod okay so we're going to move on to free agency Uh, we just had a bit of breaking news as we're recording Uh, Michael Bennett has been traded to well do you want to tell this Roman yeah
2: so Michael Bennett has been traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth rounder uh, and in exchange uh, they have sent back a wide receiver called Marcus Johnson and a seventh rounder so a lot of changes happening in Seattle at the moment, uh, in addition to another piece of news Conway yep.
0: discuss. Uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, it's just been breaking down that uh, Richard Sherman's been going around telling people he's not going to be playing in Seattle this year, uh, which kind of adds more fire to the rumours of he was apparently looking at potentially New England, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he never not get some. Uh, but we'll see what's happening on that one. Uh, but that seems to be that there might be quite a bit of a change to the defensive look in Seattle in the upcoming season.
2: Yeah, because Cliff Averill and Cam Chancellor are both trying to come back from serious injuries, but it's quite likely they'll be gone as well. So you're missing four pieces of that Super Bowl-winning defence. Very different uh, look in Seattle likely next season.
1: Excellent. Earl Thomas was acting the maggot as well last season about agitating. So there's going to be a lot of uncertainty there. Yeah, this is going to be
0: fun times. you are on fun times. So we'll move on. We'll have a look at our free agency preview. So I suppose we will just going to go position by position and talk through some of these. We'll start, obviously, the the big position quarterback. There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks at the moment. There's going to be a lot of change. So we'll fly through a few of these. Uh, Drew Brees, obviously, very big name, Hall of Fame quarterback. Still playing at a very high level. He's his uh, deal has run out now he's in negotiations with New Orleans Uh, he's technically a free agent he has a no tag clause in his current contract but like I don't think I don't think any of us realistically see him going anywhere other than New Orleans right yeah and I I, like there's a reason that
1: Drew Brees hasn't really been discussed um, about this and I don't think anyone expects him to leave barring something absolutely bizarre happening um, they'll work out a deal
2: I think especially because New Orleans would uh, get a massive cap hit if they don't manage to extend them on top of losing if they manage to actually fuck this up that bad. Yeah. But uh, considering the year that they had, I don't think it's a good time for the to leave
0: probably. No, of course. And the, the, the only other thing to have a consideration for this in the negotiations is going to be that Drew Brees is quite a vocal member of the Players Association. Has been very vocal on the making sure you get paid so that you don't kind of pull down average salaries for people who are being tagged and things like that. He doesn't seem to be that pushed for money or shouldn't be driven that much by the like needing to have a $30 million contract. But I would expect that he's still going to probably Be up in that kind of 25 million range.
2: We can't all marry supermodels, Tom.
0: Uh, Next up, and probably the most talked about member of the quarterback carousel, Kirk Cousins. He's probably one of the highest rated QBs to actually hit free agency market in a while. Uh, A lot of teams have been active in pursuing him. The Jets have been very vocal about wanting to guarantee a ton of money to him. Arizona and Denver are going after him as well. The bookies now have it that it's going to be uh, Minnesota that's going to land him, and the Deal that's being touted as a three year 92 million fully guaranteed style contract which is mental isn't it
1: yeah it's crazy money I just want to point out that I called Minnesota uh, before any of this kicked off so mm. I'm feeling pretty good about myself he I think I said Minnesota
0: through. as well and we said where we think he'd actually end up right, there you which, go. Uh, credit we'll credit, credit to us we're great we're all great collectively. apart from Fitz yeah. this is a moron <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, this is, this is the amount of money that's being talked about, that just shows, and like you said, how rare it is for somebody, and like Kirk Cousins is probably not an elite QB, let's not go all Joe mm-hmm. Flacco on this, but he's certainly a, a very good QB who has shown that he has potential to be maybe in that upper tier at some point in his career if he's in, put in the right situation, has the right people around him. Yeah. Um and that's, that, that's where the money comes from it's, it's you don't get these talents in free agency so it's sort of almost an untested market and he can mm-hmm. more or less demand whatever he wants given the number, as you said, of QB needy teams out there yeah. and I think the reason that we're looking at the Vikings and that this seems to be the, the bookie's favourite now is that's the situation where he's most likely to find success in the short term I mean, if you look at the other options the likes of you know the Jets, Arizona, Cleveland, whoever else who have certainly have money to burn but what's the point of going there if you're going to end up in another situation M- might be the same or even worse than Washington
0: yeah. like like the strongest contender for early success would probably be Denver in that group and like out of that realistically like they've got name brand recognition on a lot of their players like they've got their Emmanuel Sanders and Thomas combo but realistically if you look at it now you look at the production that's happened in the last year or two I'd be taking those Minnesota wide receivers and, and tight ends and stuff immediately Denver. over that scenario and like you look at the Swiss cheese O-line that's there and everything like I I. I think is a great match for him and I think this could be very good.
2: Yeah, but I, like, I think Harry's right to a certain extent with the talent level, but the one thing you can't say about Kirk Cousins is that he hasn't shown that he can work through adversity. Like, considering what the Mizuku organisation put him through, considering the relative dearth of talent he was dealing with last season in particular in that team, He continued to produce. He continued to make good numbers, and he continued to put them in a position where they were still competitive in a very, you know, usually competitive NFC East over the last couple of years. I think for him, it's kind of a situation where, and obviously, when he started off, he was obviously behind or G three to start with. So I think for evaluators, for GMs, having someone like that who's basically gone through all the kind of hits and all the challenges that you can possibly have as a starting quarterback and to come through it looking better than ever, looking like you and not without actually, you know, burning too many bridges, I think that tells you that that's the kind of person that you can trust that if I get this guy he's going to be a franchise type quarterback for me.
0: Yeah, no, of course is, is, is Fitz Kirk Cousins agent. Uh he might be, he might be <laughs> No, I, I have Kurt Cousins, unfortunately. Yeah, he's got the wrong one. Uh Case Keenum who's coming off a very good season, the question is like was it just the system because we've we've seen him do okay previously we've seen basically everyone just realize that you can probably throw at the tape for when anyone was with the rams like is this someone who you'd want to back i look at this as probably like the start of the second tier of like stopgap bridge people at this point already i think i think it's a good option of that group but like i don't see him as much more than that am i wrong yeah and i think you're right like case keenum is
1: not going to win you a super bowl um, if you put him in the right system, he can succeed, and we saw that with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But we also have seen him when he's not in the right system that he can't elevate beyond the limitations that he's put in. Um, so it's, yeah, to I mean, be fair, it would be hard to have a worse system than the
2: Jeff
0: Fisher system. So yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. But even in, when he when he was uh, starting out in, in in Houston, he had an awful lot of struggles, even for a young quarterback. So he's definitely done as well as one could have hoped for from where he came from and his what his career looked like. But I don't see this as being a thing. But then again, look at how much money Mike Glennon got yeah. uh, from the Bears. So there probably will be a team desperate enough to take the plunge. The team that misses out on Cousins, that doesn't have... that realizes is isn't going to get what it wants in the draft, will probably end up overpaying him. And, you know, fair play to that. But if he ends up in somewhere like the Jets or Cleveland that's relatively dysfunctional on a lot of levels, that's not going to be a good spot. And I think we would see him regress massively. Whereas if he ended up somewhere with better coaching and better talent around him... He might still be able to, you know, take a team to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, like he definitely feels like he is the most likely candidate to be the musical chairs quarterback where all the other ones are snapped up and he ends up being the one where one or two teams are left over and they're just like, give me a quarterback that won't make the fan base revolt. Whereas I think some of these other guys even below him in terms of who I think in terms of their actual quality or what they've done over the last few years might get ahead of him because they have a bit more upside or a bit more intriguing, whatever like that. But Case Keenum is the safe option. Someone will end up in Depending on the system, they may end up been happy, they may be end up being unhappy, but they're unlikely to end up doing anything of significance last season in terms of Super Bowl
0: uh, my, contention. My guess is Case Keeman Case Keenan to the Broncos and them drafting a quarterback in like the second round to sit behind him. That's that's my guess on it. A J McCarran, the uh near trade deadline uh, casualty, uh, is now available. He's like looked okay in the couple of bits that he's gotten to play. Never elevated. Looks like he's probably kind of like a low ceiling y kind of quarterback. Like, again, I'm going to try and just kind of put this as one. I reckon this might be a to the Browns kind of spot where they get him now without having to trade, pay him a bit for a year, give him like a second year where it's almost essentially a second year option something along those lines and they draft someone to sit behind him because they've been very vocal about not wanting to start their rookie quarterback this year uh, when they inevitably draft one. Yeah, but I don't know
1: if Cleveland is necessarily placed the organisational strength to carry through with that idea as we've seen mm. quite a few times. Uh, Johnny Mansell, I think, case in point recently enough, yeah. admittedly under a, a slightly different regime but I'd imagine
0: there's probably not a single person left in that regime. They change it so often. The owner who keeps keeps
1: inserting himself into the situation is still there, which is what you need to worry about. I've never particularly rated McCarron. I think he's fine. I think he's a solid backup. I think he's actually, no, he's a good backup. Yeah, Definitely a good backup to have. I don't see him as a starter. I don't think what we've seen from him, bar one good game against Pittsburgh, has really demonstrated that he's ever going to have that ability. I think he's definitely accounted to get overpaid by a team like the Browns as a stopgap but whoever picks them up needs to pick him up with the mentality of it being a stopgap. That, hey, it might work out, but you can't rely on it. And it's definitely, like you say, a bridge for the future.
0: Speaking of bridges, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, former first-round quarterback coming off a horrible injury, uh, has a, what well, we'd probably say, like a huge amount of upside, but a huge amount of unknown uh, about him. We'll see whether, like... He, he, is, he is the feel of if they could get a good deal on him that they might try and keep him there as a backup in Minnesota if they if they believe that he's kind of recovered enough for it. He's an intriguing prospect cause like we said like there's potential there but there's just I, I think it's just a complete gamble. Yeah, and I think the price will reflect that.
1: I think he's one of the people who isn't going to necessarily benefit from the, the inflation of the market that we're seeing simply because it's like look, you've come for a potential career ender and that's great but we actually don't know how good you are
0: anymore. Yeah.
2: Like, I think he, he, he's the kind of one you might want to bring in if you have a veteran quarterback and you want to have a bit of actual competition for them. Like, I think maybe a team like the Ravens, a team like Buffalo, where they're not... Like, there's already questions kind of emerging from those organizations that their quarterback. They're not entirely happy. Having a Teddy Bridgewater there, at the very least, should put a fire underneath that, or under whoever they're competing against, and has that potential upside to be a genuine starter. That's what we saw in his first two years. But obviously that injury is such a huge deal, there's no way
0: of knowing where he could end up being in terms of where he is now. Might be, especially coming off the thing that he might kind of take a being able to prove it deal where he takes a little bit less money, somewhere he could fit and would have the money for it and would play into all that would be, he could be an excellent shout to be a backup in uh, Jacksonville. Because then he would be playing behind enough skill to kind of light a fire underneath Bortles. Uh, they have him there as a potential of being able to step in if Bortles shits the bed. Like, And I'd imagine between only having to pay I think 16 or 18 million for Bortles this year. And maybe being able to get Teddy Bridgewater on about a 10 million deal. That might be something because they do have the cap space. And then they've got the chance to see him in house for a year. Something like that. Teddy's going to be in Foxborough in September. Yeah.
1: I I, I honestly think so. I think this would be such a Patriots move. And when I say not even the Patriots, like... Anyone, the Packers, like this is a, a powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. Than the Steelers, even who have really questionable backup situations, they're the teams that should be looking at this. Because I don't even know if it's going to be ten million a year for Bridgewater. I think it could easily be less than that. I don't think his market is going to be very high at the moment. I don't think there's going to be anyone looking at him as a potential starter. And I think that when you see the potential he had and what he can do, even as a game manager, which is always the knock on him, that's what you want in a backup who has the uh, somebody who has that base skill set but the potential to be better. Get him on a cheap deal, see if he works out. If he doesn't, he's just your backup. If he does, hey, look, that's cool. And there's a lot of teams with very good but older quarterbacks
0: who I think will be well-positioned to take a look here. Yeah. I've also, I, i I've always had a stance of, I think, Tony Bridgewater is massively overrated I think everyone because of the injury looks back with rose-tinted glasses on what he was beforehand uh, but that's just my, my take and I'm hot take a couple of, uh, couple of other players are up there obviously Nick Foles who we mentioned potential trade candidates Sam Bradford Tyrod Taylor uh, Josh McCown Gino Smith uh, the flat earther and Smoking Jay Cutler uh, just,
2: just on Sam Bradford he's probably the only one he's the other free agent one that's probably of significance he's a prime candidate to be considered as oh like we want to see him compete like teams seem to love Sam Bradford for whatever reason even though his knees are made out of like glass uh, he's a prime candidate for someone to be like oh he's our starter now or he's in competition in camp and maybe he'll actually do that play a game break his legs fine fair enough the cycle continues but uh, Sam Bradford's probably someone who'll get a lot more hype he's probably possibly get more hype than many of the guys above him in terms of who we've talked about already but uh, yeah. I wouldn't I
1: wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't go near him no I, I see him ending up somewhere like Arizona yeah, um, actually, that makes
0: sense. Kind of yeah, old man. dodgy knees yes. seems about right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the retirement home. Like running back, fullbacks. Have probably made him Dion Lewis coming off come back here at New England? But potentially this kind of like rotational player. I don't know if it's someone that you want to maintain there in New England, or are we, you. Just gonna know? We, we
1: have a lot of running backs. Like the problem is that Dion Lewis was for six weeks the best running back in the league, mm-hmm. uh, and then we decided we didn't like him anymore for some reason. Um, look, it, it, if we talk about the valuation of running backs being what it is. New England are very much in that camp of we don't care. We will carry five running backs and just see who works. It, Lewis will definitely get paid more if he leaves, so I suspect he will leave. He's a very good player. Um, he's developed a huge amount in New England, considering what he was beforehand as a third-down specialist slash scat-back. Mm-hmm. He's shown he is not really a three-down back, but he can do it. So, uh, yeah, I think... I think we will see him leave I don't think New England are going to be interested in overpaying Or paying at all for a running back So it'll be interesting to see where his market Mm -hmm. is
0: Fair enough uh, Carlos Hyde From the Previously of the 49ers franchise Back at times But obviously he had A couple of injuries And a couple of questions Around that So I like I honestly I think, I think the back for him Might be even a bit More vibrant Because uh, I think they, Whether whether, whether is is people Kind of consider him A little bit Kind of younger A bit more sprightly A little bit more Of a potential three down The whole time Like I think he's someone who's someone to take a chance on I think especially with this running back position a lot of this depends on what people do in the draft because it's so devalued because you can pick up guys in the 5th and 6th round you can become starters I think like we've got the likes of Isaiah Corel Rex Burkhead Jarek McKinnon like Doug Martin LeGarrette Blunt, Freddie Martin like there's lots of people here it's a like
1: 2 time Super Bowl 3 time Super Bowl champ by Blunt. Blunt to you mate
0: yeah like uh, a <laughs> But like basically, like we won't know where these guys are going to land until we get a grasp on what the rosters look like post draft. I think more so than yeah. any other position. Think the one thing to know about Hyde is really interesting. Is I, I I rate Hyde. I think he's a really good
1: running yeah. back. I think he's a top ten running back. But Sam Fran have been drafting to replace him for two years now. Mm-hmm. With like even what under Chip Kelly, they were trying to phase him out for Sean Dron. Uh, we seem like Joe Williams drafted Matt Breida. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah,
2: like there's like in this running back free agency class, which I no one's really here to get paid like deal is the only one who might get paid a bit over market you have two choices you can go from the younger player who's shown flashes but it's coming off probably a poor year or two or you have the solid old guy who still that's decent production but you're not really getting any upside there certain teams will refer different things but all of these are guys who will be shaking through the entire system and I don't really think like, there's no one here except for Dion Lewis I'm going that's someone who I actually expect to be productive in 2018 all of them have so many question marks over them I could easily see them being busts you know maybe Rex Burkhead is probably the next most intriguing to me personally the rest all kind of feel like meh I've always
0: I've, I've always had a feeling in the back of my head like Doug Martin has that potential if he could just get into the right scheme but like like I said like he's that kind of 50-50 like you just you can get them on a cheap contract, put them in and just see what you can get out of them. Uh, wide receivers, I'll just run through a load of these. We can talk about any ones that jump out at you. Alan Robinson, kind of wide receiver won production previously, but it was off a major injury this year. Sammy Watkins, again, very talented, but injury riddle and hasn't really developed all that much. Terrell Pryor, the converted quarterback who signed a one year prove it deal and didn't prove it. Like Marquise Lee like, looks good, but is he just a WR2? And then we've got, then we move into, like, our Jimmy Grahams, red zone targets, but old, and can they do what they, what they used to be able to. And then you've got your, like, weird ones, like, Paul Richardson, I think was incredible at times, but also would disappear at times. Taylor Gabriel, very explosive when used correctly, but isn't your general, normal, what you look for in a wide receiver. Like, it's, it's a mixed bat and then like tight end, like Tyler Eifert, incredibly skilled, but just can't stay on the field. Like it's the, there's lots of yeah. bits here. I think the top two, uh, Robinson and Watkins, are probably the most interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. like I think Robinson, I, I really think Jacksonville have to try and keep him. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to, uh, which is weird because I think Bortles needs all the help he can get, and if you have a true wide receiver one in that thing, when you're a team that got as far as they did without that. Why would you turn that down? That seems to me a bit strange. Now maybe they know something we don't about the injury status or maybe there's other things going on with that. Maybe his contract demands are just completely out of whack. But that to me is a, is a weird move from Jacksonville. I don't particularly like it because I think if they want to elevate, they need to give Blake Bortles all the help they can. And we've seen the difference Robinson can make when he's on to that team, uh, and I, I, that team seems a strange one to me. Also, Terrell Pryor is going go to is going to go back to Cleveland, and it's going to be
0: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they bring him back to Cleveland, and they use him as a stopgap quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Terrell Pryor. And-
1: Josh Gordon, the Twin Towers, I love awesomeness, love it. Oh, well, catching like, balls, making whatever rookie QB they get look like uh, the best quarterback of all time. My fucking fantasy draft <laughs> class right there. Yeah.
2: Well <laughs> uh, yeah, Sammy Watkins obviously is the other, like there's definitely a tier, like Alan Robinson, Sammy Watkins, these are guys who have shown like wide receiver one production previously or talent. Terrell is kind of in that middle gap where he might be that. Everyone else is a WR two. like, Marquise Lee Paul Richardson Jordan Matthews these are kind of like you know complementary pieces because there's such a dirt of what, like WR talent you can expect that at least one or two of these guys especially Drell Pryor and Sammy Watkins, are probably going to get overpaid for what they are but sometimes that works out Alshon Jeffrey, it works out sometimes it doesn't work out you know yeah. so we'll see Like I wouldn't trust either of them but because there's so much little talent on the free agent market, someone has to pay.
0: I think. I think the big thing with this is I think those top two are probably going to get decent sized deals. I think everyone else below here are intriguing, but they're mostly intriguing if you can get them. Ala that Jeffrey deal, kind of like get them on a one year prove it or like a two year with a cheap get out option kind of thing. Like it. That that's what you're looking at, and for the most part, that's what that class looks like to me. Uh, offensive line, we don't have a wild pile in here. Uh, Andrew Norwell is is great. Uh, heavily linked with New York Giants, who let's be honest, have been desperately needing anyone to be on that line for a while. Uh, I'm wondering if, with you guys freeing up a bit of uh, freeing up a bit of space now with some of these moves, you might be going after some of the maybe someone like this yourself, uh, Justin Pugh, Joanne James, Nate Solder. There's there's a few other ones, but for the most part, this isn't the yeah. most exciting. If if you're in need of an offensive line right now, you are not very happy.
2: Yeah, I think that like Andrew Norwell. That's a stud, like a Pro Bowl, All Pro level guard. Someone's going to pay him a lot of money to do that, uh, as we've seen previously with, like, say, Osemele, and you'll be happy, fine, grand. I think the only other interesting one is that, like, there's, like, Nate Solder is interesting because obviously he, his gear wasn't great, but he is probably the only left tackle on the entire market who's ever played left tackle at a high level over any period of time so mm-hmm. if he's willing to leave new england and there are indications of his family life or if, like he has a child and he was sick and stuff like that he might want to leave because of you know, issues with that but if he does want to leave new england he will get paid a lot of money because left tackles are worth their weight in gold all these other guys are kind of either younger guys who've been injured a bit and have a bit of upside but yeah i don't think there's too many really exciting players behind norwell but there's it's not actually a bad free agent crop if you're looking to get someone who could be a potential starter. People like Sitton, Biewort, uh, Juwan James, and Pugh, they've all been solid. They all got the job done uh, and you shouldn't be too unhappy if you can get them on a reasonable deal. Yeah. The only question is if you're going get a reasonable deal because offensive line have been getting so overpaid the last
0: few seasons. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, edge rushers, there's not a lot in this group. Adrian Claiborne, <laughs> Trent Murphy, Coney Ealy. Yeah, Coney 2012. He's <laughs> really come on since then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> D Ford. Actually, I don't. I I I've come to the thinking that I don't think D Ford is going to actually hit free agency at all. Like, he's, he's, the, there's obviously the issue of if he's injured. Come March 14th on the uh, fr- on the fifth year option, it becomes guaranteed anyway. But from from what I'm hearing from the GM, I don't think he's actually going. to... I think they're just going to leave him on the one year and see how he does. Uh, Julius Peppers, like old man time, like like maybe Junior Gallette, I've been hearing a bit of talk around him but I don't know why people are that interested like maybe the League like it's just like Aaron Lynch maybe. like there's just there's nothing really here
2: no if you need an edge rusher this season you have to go to the draft Adrian Claiborne is the best defensive end available he had like one good game against Dallas which was hilarious <laughs> like to be fair and he is considered like PFF rate him as kind of like he gets pressure but doesn't get sacks but he's 30 years old He. Like less than ten sacks, yeah. And the two best guys for franchise that tells you where the market is. Yeah, you just need to find these guys in the draft. You need to be a better talent evaluator. Yeah, Sorry guys.
0: hold on to them. Uh, interior defensive line. We've got a few people in this one. Sheldon Richardson. He's obviously here. Uh, Aussie once considered elite. Now maybe he's fallen off a little bit, but we'll see. Depending on situation, and Starletzlebi would look like another big potential. Has shown it in flashes, but hasn't shown it consistently. Uh, there's apparently huge interest in Don Terry Poe at the moment from a couple of teams. So he went to Atlanta, slimmed down, was playing in the four three instead. Like I don't, I don't think he had a great year for them. But for some reason, people seem to like what he can what he can bring. Uh, Mohamed Wilkinson is there, Justin Ellis, and there's a few others as well, like Benny. Logan's been released by the Chiefs and that's like
2: I think as always with the defensive tackle class it's all about does this guy have any pass rush upside if yes like they can get interest they can get paid they can get a lot of money if no they'll get a solid contract somewhere at their replacement level I think the difference between like the guys in the top here like included perhaps of the Mohammed Wilkerson is that all these guys Sheldon Richardson Latule Poe and Wilkerson have all shown at times that they have the dynamicism that they can get to the quarterback if put in the right system. And it just depends if there's any, if there's a team out there that believes that they can reclaim that type of form. Because some of these guys have done it recently. All these guys have shown flashes of it. That's just the way the free agency is this year. But they'll probably get overpaid by one or two teams that really like them if they're lucky. But if they're not lucky, they could end up doing another one-year deal like Atari Poe had to deal with last season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> This gets worse and you get to your kind of coverage linebackers. Oh my god Well, to be fair there is like there isn't too many exciting coverage linebackers in the league. <laughs> there's not. Like like out of this yeah, list. A few. Out of this list, like are probably like our bottom one interest week is Dyed Johnson, I don't think you're gonna be buying him for his production, I think you're gonna be buying him for leadership and to like help train up your younger guys. Like Nigel Bradham Williamson Navarro Bowman, maybe, like oh, I don't know, like this is rough. Isn't, I think like all, all of these are like spot
1: guys. They can come in and do a job. Like Guys like Bradham and Williamson and, and uh, Tier Whitehead and so on. They're they're solid guys, right? They're not going to turn your defense around, but if, they, if you have the right system for them, they are absolutely solid. But that's all they are, and that's not exciting. People don't get excited over solid depth players, even though they are important. So we might sit here and be like, yeah, this is grim and it is, and it's not interesting to discuss. But if you're a GM, they're probably seeing things we aren't about how these guys can integrate with their team as sort of um, not as like necessarily leaders on the defense and superstars but as useful pieces Mm. that can help the team progress
0: and this thing like like that is important but it's also like if you 're sitting there in the off season and you 're kind of a, a mid range team who's looking to figure out where you 're going to find the difference in your team next year it's not going to be these guys no, that's true. these guys will give you like the legs to rotate they 're not going to be the that 's the difference maker right there i don 't think uh quarterbacks is a little bit more in I suppose uh we've got Malcolm Butler I wonder I wonder how that uh, interesting storyline about him at the end of last year uh, is going to affect his is spot uh not a great year he was inconsistent. They kinda of were planning to move away from him anyway. Tremaine Johnson is now free, has some injury but has some like upside. EJ Gaines, the better of the two Gaines. Um Brashad Breland, Mars Claiborne, yeah, Prince of Mukamara, I always love his name. It's it, it some interesting bits here, but I think like like I said, there's there's other players as well, like the um Kyle Fuller and stuff who might be available through kind of, like, proxy access, uh, <laughs> because their front offices are stupid. Like, there, there, there are a couple of native, Like I'll come to you in this, Harry. What do you think Butler's market is actually going to be? Like, because he is, he, he is a starting quarterback, which is something that everyone needs a few of and doesn't normally get out that much onto the market. Like, are you thinking, like, 10, 11 million a year? Are you thinking, like, 15?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a thing, because he had a very difficult season this season and I don't think he's going to come into it in a strong negotiating position like cornerback you need them but it's again there's, there's not a huge amount of teams out here who are absolutely starved for cornerbacks um, I mean there are teams mm-hmm. with very bad secondaries like Indianapolis right but they're not being like right we get Malcolm Butler and suddenly our secondary is fixed those are long term yeah. projects so I don't expect that people are going to overpay for CB's and I definitely don't think for Malcolm Butler um, he had a very difficult year on the field he had a difficult year off the field God knows what happened in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly don't. And it's in a weird spot. He'll he's probably got fucked over by the Pats keeping him for another year. I feel his market was much better last season yeah. than it is going to be this season. Very much. So, so, yeah, he'll find a home. He'll probably find a home as a CB1, but if he wants to do that, it'll probably be on a team that isn't going to compete immediately. Mm. Well, uh, he I, wants think, to paid, I think it, dep- I think I think it
0: depends. Like That's exactly it. It's whether he wants to get paid CB1
1: money. Yeah, that's it. If he wants to do that, he's probably going to have to go to a team that aren't going to compete. Otherwise, he will have to take a deal. Possibly be a... You know, and I, you know what? If he gets CB2 money to play as CB2 on a contender, that's not necessarily a bad outcome. Mm. But it's certainly, he was in a position last season to get CB1 money yeah. on a contender and he didn't because of the way the Patriots uh, managed the situation, which... In retrospect, is as much as I always am loath to question Bill Belichick. Looks like we really mishandled Butler this year. Mm.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it will be interesting to see what happens there. Personally, with all the questions over him, uh, you you might be tempted to go for one of the guys who are a bit more safer, a bit less controversial, less like issues in the locker room. Like Tremaine Johnson is a solid option. He was tagged twice, I believe, by the Rams. <laughs> He had solid plays coming off a slight injury in 2017, but he's been a, you know, like upper level, like mid level CB1 for pretty much his whole career. He'd be a solid thing. EJ Gaines had a good season. And like these guys like Breland, Claiborne, Grimes, Melvin, and Amukumura have all done decent things. They may be more CB2 type talents, but they've all been solid. So it's not a bad year if you've got a decent secondary. To find that plug and play piece here in free agency to make sure that you don't have too much of a drop off if you're trying to develop a younger player in the draft, for example.
0: Yeah, no, of course. There's a few options there, and then uh, at safety we've got Morgan Burnett, so he's kind of very strong candidate for for a number of teams. So we've got Pittsburgh, Arizona, Dallas, Houston, Rams. Few of them are looking Rams less on so eggs. I think they they it seems to be that they're shoring up a bit through uh, through trading, and I'd imagine that they might be targeting a bit in the actual draft as well. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is here inconsistent but like looked much better last year on that New Orleans defense uh, whether that was a function of them having a couple of like extremely good rookies and like a lot of improvement in general Eric Reed is there like this one seems to be a lot of questions about whether or not they'll be able to put up an entire season rather than some of the other ones where it was like can they flash this is more can they do it consistently.
2: Burnett is the only one that you would get if you're looking for someone that you want to rely on. Like he, I think he's 29 or 30, so there's questions over his age, but he played pretty much everywhere in that Green Bay secondary, and he did a good job all over that, I think. And he's coming from a good organisation that's never been someone to be a problem in the locker room. I think everyone else here, uh, from Vaccaro to Reed, like Vaccaro and Reed have upside. They have the potential to be a really good bargain if you can get them on a good contract
0: yeah no of course and uh, now we move on to the most important part special teams so here are the top 26 free agent long snappers yes uh, <laughs> no there's a load, load of kickers and there's a couple of like, biggish names knocking around here so we've got uh, Chris Boswell Caleb Sturgis Shane Leckler uh, Catanzaro Colquitt uh, Cairo Santos who i I, I surprised that he's free but as, as we discussed before I was like oh yeah they had two kickers that was silly as well uh, Kai Forbath Seabass uh, Parky. like this is mostly because you need a kicker isn't it Fitz yeah pretty much <laughs> like <laughs>
2: of all these players Boswell is probably the only one who is fairly young has a very good track record in terms of his percentages
0: Kai oh! might, might actually have a
2: bit of a bidding war considering the dirt of talent everyone else here is prime candidate to be picked up you know a few months from now when teams sort through the, the draft and whatever and find someone in the in the back of the back of the couches. Uh but Leckler is still out there, he's and Colquitt is still out there and Huber is still out there if you want a punter. So uh and they're actually at pretty good twenty seventeen, so if you need a punter, it's not a terrible time to be looking
0: for one. No, not at all. If you don't mind old men at least. <laughs> yeah. But uh like I think I covered kind of most of like I think what we see generally from this free agents Classes like there's a couple of big ones up the top of it, but it falls off rather quickly after the kind of the top 15 or so players. Even with them, we're already kind of starting to see where a few of those are going to land.
2: And we're all kind of thinking value because we're like, well, we don't want to overpay because we all support teams that are relatively top, uh, like in cap, yeah, light, not too much cap. But the truth is, out there, there are teams with basically. I wouldn't say infinite cap, but a shit ton of money. The cap went up by 10 million again. There is way too much money in the system right now, and teams are keeping the good players in house, which means that the players that are remaining here aren't that good. So, players that we're thinking right now, oh, like they're only okay, we give them like a one year contract. Some of these guys are going to get paid a lot of money, yeah. despite the fact that they aren't really that good anymore. Yeah. Like I think players like Jimmy Graham or Sheldon Richardson for example not really players you don't know, expect to do things but will get paid
0: yeah like if you want to know why when you see your team tag someone or whatever and that person gets pissy about playing under the tag like with the exception maybe of the 14.5 for Lev Bell because the running back market's arse fell out but like in almost every other position they know that if they were to hit the free agent market with like there are teams who due to rollover have nearly 200 million to spend this year like they would get absolutely hammered full of money if they could actually make it to free agency looking at the quality that's out there. That's
2: a great visualization, being hammered yeah. full of money. <laughs>
0: it's, it's just, it's just, you get a fire hose and you fill it with dollar right. bills and you just unleash it at some... But no, like it's interesting. I I can see some bits where I'll be intrigued, but I can honestly like, say there's going to be a lot of bits of news stories where like this person has picked up Navarro Bowman to be a rotational linebacker and was like, that's cool and then I will never think about it again. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I suppose due to the fact the free agency class is so weak, we've already seen a couple of big trades. I can expect that, hopefully not within the time this is recorded and when you actually hear this, but you can expect that a lot more trades are going to happen over the weekend and it'll be a lot of action going on at that end to try and secure players where there just isn't any depth in the free agency you know at defensive end is a prime candidate for big trades to be happening all over. We've already seen Robert Quinn, We've already seen Michael Bennett. I expect to see more of those types of trades over the next week or so.
0: Yeah, like for everyone who's listening to you know. so what you've got is next week, uh, the 14th, the start of the new league season. That's when things like the trades that have been agreed can then be officially put through the leagues and you'll see the information about them. Once they're confirmed, you might get some information about why things are happening or anything from behind the scenes, something I'm interested in. By the 16th is when all of the... Um, medicals and things like that to make sure people are fit to play or through so then you'll know if anyone is getting a guaranteed fifth year option and things like that and you might then see some more players cut some people not signing tenders and things like that because it's at that point that the new league year is started they start to manage the cap from that position and they have to start sorting out the contracts so at that point We will start to see some and then again there's a second point I think post June 1st when cutting people will allow you to spread the cap hit across multiple years rather than take the entire hit in one year. So we'll see a second wave of it again at that point.
2: But even though it opens on Wednesday expect to hear the rumours coming from Monday due to the legal tampering
0: period which yeah. is a very interesting concept all oh yeah we will we will go into that ourselves at a different time because I'm already, already getting tired of talking at this point so um, yes there was nothing else wild or strange we've got some birthdays and stuff like coming that so uh, that'll be fun but uh, we'll wrap it up with that so, so bye from myself bye from Harry right. bye from Ronan bye it's been all four quarters you for listening Catch you all, uh, in a couple of weeks.